Hey, this is Bruce. I'm the pastor of the Word Church, Kimberley. I'm so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I trust that Jesus will speak to your heart, that you'll be strengthened with faith, and that you'll experience the breakthrough that you're looking for. Enjoy the message. This year will really seal up everything uh, in your life. If you can just follow what I'm going to talk about tonight, it, it'll really bless you. And, and this is for everything in your life. Amen. Um, it, it's about being in, in the power of alignment. Uh, this, when God gave me this word, it freaked me out. It took me about three years to get this one sermon together because I really wanted to walk it out and really follow God on this whole thing. And, you know, it's amazing how we, people who can't believe in God blows my mind because, you know, I mean, you can't add a piece of dirt to the earth. I mean, you can't add anything. You can create things, but you can't add anything. Amen. And just looking at the dirt and looking at the birds and just looking at nature. Nature speaks about everything in God. So Genesis 1 to be our first I have a few scriptures. And we're just going to walk this thing out. Amen. In the beginning, God created in Genesis 1, 1, but you don't have to. Anyway, you've got to trust me on Genesis 1. Amen. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Mm. Uh, this, this is powerful because, you know, whenever you understand that everything that happens, amen, happens in the spirit first before it manifests in the flesh. Amen. Everything that happens happens in the spirit first because God created heaven first before he created earth. So heaven is just a dispensation of, of, of space that's everywhere, amen. It's not far away, but it's everywhere, just like God's presence. And so God made heaven first, and so earth had to be created in heaven. That's how Jesus can say we're, we are now seated in heavenly places. It's not when I die, but it's whenever I get born again. Amen. Why? Because heaven was first, and then God created the earth in heaven. Amen. Y'all with me? All right, I'm going to walk this thing out. You know, and so that's why, amen, whenever God walked with Adam, it was called the place of Eden or the place of peace or the place of no sickness, no disease or anything. Why? Because heaven was already there, amen, whenever God created the earth. And, and whenever you look at creation, creation is in total alignment, amen, with this creator. Uh, birds can fly, amen, because God designed them, amen, to be able to do things that most, amen, creatures can't do. And as long as they stay in alignment with God, amen, as long as they stay the bird, amen, they'll be able to fly. Now, I think God didn't let the ostrich fly because that brother is good to eat. I'm just, I love me some ostrich, amen. I'll tear that brother up. And he makes some good boots and stuff, you know, and everything uh, with the ostrich. But anyway, that, that's his, but he flies on his feet. Amen. That brother can run. And so <laughs> he made the sun in the greater light than he made the moon. Now, the moon is a very interesting rock because it has no light in itself. The only thing the moon can do is reflect. Amen. But the only way it can reflect is it has to stay in alignment with the sun. Amen. And that's why God made us in his image, in his likeness, that whenever he looks at us, he sees himself. Hey. Amen. Before you get saved, he sees sin. After you get saved, he sees his son. All he does is see his reflection in you. Amen. And even in the midnight hour, whenever the sun, amen, doesn't, the sun really doesn't go up or down. We move. But anyway, and it's moving too, but it doesn't go up or down. Whenever the sun is not seen, if I can see the reflection of the moon, of the sun on the moon, I know the sun is still shining somewhere. That's why the Bible says that joy comes in the morning. Amen. 
that I don't have to see the sun. I just have to see the reflection of it on the moon. And I still know God is still shining somewhere. Amen. That even in your darkest hour, he won't leave you alone. Amen. Even when you can't see everything, if I can just know, I have a peace of knowing that this is God's will too, I can hold on, amen, until the morning comes. And, and everything in God's always rising. It's the rising sun. And, amen. It's always coming out the east, amen. Everything rises in the east, amen. Everything is better when it comes out the east. And so I'm always looking for a rising sun in my life. Anytime I go through anything, I know that this too shall pass and it's going to give God glory. It's going to take me to another level. Amen. Let, let me help you with this. Don't, don't take it personal when the devil attacks you. Amen. Because he don't see you. He sees the reflection of the God in you. Amen. That's why he's always battling us. And, but why? Because he thinks we God. Because every time he looks at me, he sees my God. Amen. I, don't, so don't take it personal. And because of that, amen, whenever you rebuke him and you, you pray against him, understand that he thinks it's God speaking to him. So he has to flee. He has to get away. Um, that's why whenever you rebuke a devil, amen, or a demon, don't ask it its name. I don't have conversations with demons. There's some real demons in Mexico. Real demons. I'm talking about the real, real ones. <laughs> There's millions of them, amen. There's little bitty kids full of them. There's adults full of them. There's dogs full of them. I'm preaching. Them dogs trying to bite me on the leg. I'm kicking the dogs. They're full of the mange and everything else. So I wear boots I'm going to throw away when I go to Mexico. So I don't want to bring that mange stuff back to my dogs at my house. But I sure kick them. Oh, they, they leave with a bloody nose or loose tooth or something, amen. And whenever you, you say, in the name, when you say in the name of Jesus, you're saying in the authority and in the reflection and in the image that you see in me. Hey, then you understand the power that you have, amen. The power that you have. Alignment is power. Alignment is power. Amen. Uh, God created man in his own image. Now, now I may talk about it tomorrow, but it's amazing to me that whenever uh, uh, God's blessed man, I call it the first five commands. God gave him dominion. God told him to subdue, amen, to, to replenish, and, and all these things on the earth. But man wasn't made in human form yet. God hadn't reached in the dirt yet. So God blessed man before, while man was a spirit. Before he ever gave him a body to carry his spirit. If you read in Genesis, amen. Why? Because many times whenever God speaks to you, your flesh will talk you out of whatever God told you. And that's why it's important that whenever God speaks to me, I act on it now. I don't wait. Many times I don't pray, amen, about it. Why? Because I don't want to talk myself out of what God just told me to do. And many times, especially money, amen, God tells you, uh, we've sold like two houses, I, I don't know, I don't know how many vehicles, amen, a lot of vehicles paid for, amen, I don't even, I don't even think about the money, amen, that we've sold to the kingdom because we act whenever God says it, amen, why, because if I'm reflecting him and he's speaking to me, that's confirmation, I don't need ten angels and three prophets and all this stuff, amen, to confirm before we write the check or whatever we do. And my wife and I, we figured out every year we do our tax, but we have a CPA that does our taxes, and they're like, man, how much are you going to give, amen, because we average about 45% of our income we sow into the kingdom, amen. If you want to do the 10%, that's up to you, but it's God's money. God don't own 10%. God owns 100% of everything I am, everything I have, everything, amen. It's, we we co-work this thing. I'm just a steward, amen, of what God has blessed me with. So he has the right to ask me for whatever he wants. Amen. So my wife and I, we just, amen, pray, and I get a number, and she gets a number, and usually the highest number wins. And that's normally her number. 
So sometimes I'm like, I want you to like really pray this time, like really seek the Lord this time, babe. And she's like, I did, I did. I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go again. We write the check and we sow it. Amen to the kingdom. And then we expect the harvest. And whenever you do something for God, God always checks your motive. Amen. The rule of sowing and reaping is just a natural thing like gravity. It's going to happen. I know people who are business people who are not saved or never serve God, they don't want to serve God, but they still sow into our ministry because every time they give to our ministry, amen, their, their business increases. Amen. It's a law that works for the just and the unjust, just like the rain. Just like gravity. Some things are just in place and nothing can change them. But as a believer, God checks your motive on why you do what you do. Amen. I don't serve God to be blessed. I don't serve God just to get to heaven. I don't, I don't give just to get. I do it because I love God. Amen. And just, that's why you have a husband and a wife I mean, that come together. Because if you buy your wife some roses and she knows you want the bedroom to be hot, these women got this thing called discernment. It's very powerful. Amen. A woman can discern in a minute your motive. Amen. Or why you're doing what you're doing. Amen. All of a sudden you buy me some flowers. What's going on? You ain't did that in five years. What's Ain't even dead yet. You can buy me flowers, amen. <laughs> but they also know if you do it because you love them. Amen. You know, the Valentine's Day thing in America is big. You have to have a rose or something, amen. But my, I buy my wife flowers at least every two weeks, three weeks at the longest, amen. Because in our shopping centers, we have big old bou bouquets of flowers. I always and just bless her with it. Why? Because I love her. Amen. I bless her with a diamond on this trip. Why? Because I love her. Amen. I, I want to make sure she's always more blessed than me. Amen. Always, always more blessed than me. Amen. I got a watch um, on the trip. Uh, it was supposed to be a, a 100 to 80,000 rand watch. And I was all excited because I've been sewing so many watches, amen. And then I, I messed around and sent it to a watch shop, and they gave me the, the news that it was fake. The third one. In about eight years. I'm thinking, look, can I just get a real something? Just a real something, something. <laughs> amen. And, uh, you know, but I want her to be blessed. When you put your spouse above you, that blessing, amen, rains down on you. Amen? All right, let's keep moving. God created man in alignment with himself. Amen? Creation has a special relationship with the creator. Creation has a special relationship with the creator. So God made the sun or heaven and earth in alignment. The sun and the moon in alignment. God and man in alignment. Then God reached into man and pulled out a rib, and I don't know about y'all, but I am like super impressed that God took everything good in me that made sense in me and gave it to my wife. It's amazing what God can take out of one rib. I'm like, Lord, if you hold that. I mean, my woman, my wife is super smart. I mean, she's very intelligent, and she makes a lot of sense, and she helps me. Amen. Stay straight. Amen. And, and I'm like, you do all that in one rib, Jesus. She took like everything good in me and gave it to my wife. So my wife and I are in alignment. This is why whenever God tells Adam, don't eat of the tree, amen, and his wife, Eve, goes, and she eats of the tree, and Adam sit back knowing that God said, as soon as you do, amen, some bad stuff's fixing to happen, and he watches Eve, but nothing happened, amen, and, and God showed me this for our families, that the whole family doesn't have to be saved, amen, as long as one person in the family stays in alignment with God, the death angel has to pass over your whole family by the stand you have by serving God. So I'm not just serving God for me, I'm not just serving God for my kids, I'm serving God for my grandkids, for all my family. They can go crazy, do whatever, and you don't see God curse them, why? Because somebody in the family is staying in alignment with God and keeping all the curses off and the death angel off, amen, that, that's your job and your family until they all come in, amen. Mm. 
Then whenever Adam disobeyed, all of a sudden, this brother noticed he was naked. I'm like, Brother Adam, you was naked the whole time. I'm just saying, brother. And I said, God, why did he notice he was naked? And God said, well, the only thing that Adam couldn't do, I gave him all power, all dominion, everything. The only aspect of God that Adam didn't have was the ability to judge. If you ever want to lose your anointing, start judging people. Amen. I, I know ministers that do drugs and, and alcoholics and, and preachers that do all this stuff. I don't judge them. It's just I'm not going to hang out with them if I don't agree with what you do. Amen. But I have no right to judge. My, my position is to pray. My position is to help and be a blessing any way I can. It won't come in my house. It won't affect my family. Amen. But I, I don't judge anybody. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you smoke crack. Whatever you do, that's between you and God. Amen. Because when you start judging people, it brings judgment on yourself. When Adam disobeyed, he was able to judge himself and say he was naked. Now he's ashamed. Before, amen, he was just walking in the glory. And whenever a man, amen, is disappointed in himself, the next thing he does, he judges his wife. When I see men abusing their wives, it's because they hate where they are in life. It should be up here in finances or business or whatever. And because they don't feel like they've accomplished whatever they should have accomplished, I mean, they have to find somebody at fault and normally take it out on their spouse. Now, Eve is like my wife. I mean, she was slick. My wife, I mean, she got some hood in her too. And, 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 and Adam says, that woman you gave me, she ain't even took a breath. It's, it's Satan. <laughs> she threw them charges right on the devil. I mean, just right on the devil. Amen. <laughs> amen. Uh, creation is in a special alignment with the creator. Jesus spoke, amen, to a, 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 dry, a tree and it dried up. Why? Because he's the creator. He has a relationship with creation. He spoke to the wind that came against him, and the wind had to calm down. He spoke to the water, amen, to walk on it. The water had to hold him up. Why? Because he is the king of all creation. Amen. Whenever the disciples were in the boat, and they went out to the sea, and the storm came, and the water was coming in the boat, and Jesus was asleep. You remember that story? They woke him up. And he's like, amen, oh, you have little faith. What's your problem? Amen, what's going on? And they were like, I don't know about you, but um, it's been raining quite a bit since you've been sleeping. And the boat's filling up with water, and we're fitting to go submarine style wherever you're saying we're going unless you do something, amen, with this. And this messed me up, man. Jesus gets out, and, out and he, or stands up, and the Bible said that he rebuked the storm. The, re, the word rebuke means to correct because they didn't have outboard motors. They didn't have a mechanical way to move the boat to its destiny. They depended on the wind, amen. And too many times we stop things instead of correct, correcting things. Jesus correct the wind to where the wind that was trying to destroy them, he made it fill their sails and work for them. Amen. You got to learn how to make your storm work for you and not against you and stop praying for it to stop. Because when I look back in my life, all the hell I've been through got me where I am. So thank God, amen, I, I didn't rebuke the devil too much. I didn't get things to stop too much because every now and then you need a little storm in your life to get you to the other side of where God's trying to send you. You got to rebuke that thing. The word rebuke means this is going to work for me. This is going to bless me. That God's going to use this for my good. Amen. That's why whenever you give your, we, the Bible says we're saved by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. Amen. I'm saved by the blood and the words of my testimony. I got to have some money, amen, through the test to have a testimony. 
Amen. And whenever you testify about what God's done in your life and somebody else is going through what he, he just brought you out of, it encourages them. It becomes a word of encouragement. It becomes a blessing to them because now they know if God can bring you through, he can bring them through too. Hey, 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 hey. Mm. It was the job of the serpent always to keep man out of alignment, amen, with God. This is good. This is good. Jesus. Mm, mm-mm. Yeah, a little filet. I didn't eat the today, but I'm going to eat tonight. I'm going to eat me some gospel bird tonight. I'm going to tear that chicken up. Amen. Nanios or whoever they are. Amen. I love me. I messed around, took a picture and sent it to, to Alex and Anik and boy, they were, oh my God, oh, come on, prophet Jesus. Amen. They love them some Nano, whatever he is. Amen. I thank God for him. <clears throat> when God told Adam to, 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 to name all the animals. And because Adam was in alignment with God, he didn't chase anything. Everything came to him. Because God created him to be, not to do. We are created to be, amen, the reflection, the image, the Christ in the earth, not to do. And whenever you're in alignment with God's word, you, you ain't got to manipulate. You ain't got to work as hard as other people because God's given you anointing, amen, to speak a word, and it has to manifest. Amen. Whenever Adam named the animals, whatever came before him, whenever he called it, it had to become whatever he said. Amen. There's power in the word when you're doing what God's called you to do and, and you're being what God's called you to be and not trying to manipulate anything or, or work outside of your realm of the power that God gave you. Amen. If God calls you to clean the church, praise God, clean the church. God's called you to drive the bus, Gus, drive the bus. Amen. Whenever you're doing what God's called you to do, amen, it's easy for you, and it doesn't burn you out, but it gives you more energy and more joy. I'm called to preach and pastor and do what I do, and other people, it'll crush them if they try to do it because they don't have the anointing for it. Amen. You've got to walk in whatever God's called you to do, amen, and whenever we all do our part, then the body of Christ becomes perfection in the eyes of God. Hey, I can cook. Amen. But God didn't call me to cook for the church. I can drive, but God didn't call. Now, I, I tell people, get in where you fit in, and that'll lead to whatever God's called you to do in the future. Just get in somewhere. Amen. My wife does a coffee shop at our church, and I help clean up and do the coffee and stuff at our church. Amen. That's what we do. They don't know me as prophet. They don't know me as anything. Been there two and a half years now. Amen. I just submitted to the man of God. My kids go to children's church, and we serve. We serve. And now that we're leaving, I called my pastor. I said, look, we're going to start a church. Told him everything. Well, his dad is Mark Hankins, and he preaches all over South Africa. And me and him preached together at Spirit Word, a conference years ago, and became really good friends. And well, his son took his church, and he, he did it for like 50 years. And now he, him and his wife travel, and his son and his wife have the church that we go to. Well, my pastor knows me as Bobby Leger, Star Leger. Well, he tells his dad, I'm losing a really good couple. You know, God's going to use them to start a church in Texas. We're praying for them. And uh, his dad, well, what's their name? And he said, Bobby Leger. And his dad like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Rewind. Prophet? Bobby Leger? <laughs> he goes, I don't know him as Prophet. You know, it's Bobby Leger. They work the coffee shop. He cleans up, help with the chair, trash in the, in the church or whatever. They're just a blessing. He's like, son, that man been in your church for two and a half years, and you don't know who that is. He's like, he's one of the greatest prophets I've ever been around. He's like, oh, he's going on and on. And, you know, Pastor Aaron's like, I'm so sorry. He never told me. I don't know. All this stuff. I was like, oh, my God, son, I can't. Now he's leaving. Now you know who he is. Why? Because God didn't send me there to be a prophet. God sent me there to be a servant. If you can't serve, you shouldn't be allowed to prophesy. 
If you can't submit, you shouldn't be allowed to do anything else in the kingdom. That's step one. Step two, serve first, submit, amen, get the covering, get the vision of the house, get the mind of the house, get the heart of the house, and find out. We asked them, where's the need? They said, the coffee shop, sign us up. Now, my wife is so short, she can't even see in the coffee pot. There's been big commercial ones on a counter. She got to get a step stool, and she's still like trying to bend her eye. I mean, over the t- and that's boiling water. I'm like, baby, don't you burn yourself, baby. No, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. All right, all right, you got it, amen. <laughs> True story, amen, can't make it up. <laughs> but we're there to serve, amen. Now he's asking me, will you come back and preach later and do your thing? I said, well, you know, let, let me get the church going. Let's see what, you know, I'm going to spend at least a year, get everything rolling, get everything where it needs to be. And then if God releases me to come back and preach, I will. But, you know, he's a lot younger than me, and I didn't want to intimidate him. And God's like, no, you just come here and you just serve. Amen. Never once did I say anything about the prophetic or none of that stuff because <laughs> serve. Serve. Mm. Mm. Whenever Adam uh, fell, the first thing the earth produced was a thorn, according to the scripture. They never were there before, but as soon as Adam got out of alignment with the will of God for his life, thorns manifested on the earth. Now, I love giving my wife roses, and they always, them thorns get my hands really good, so I try and be careful with them. And, and, but I learned something by studying the rose, and whenever you get a rose, the stem of the rose, there's a bunch of thorns on it. But if you look at each thorn, had the same opportunity to become a rose as the rose did. The only difference is the thorns quit pulling the nourishment from the roots. And it dried up and became a thorn. Everybody in the body of Christ has the same opportunity to be used by God, to do whatever God's called you to do. But if you stop pulling from the nourishment, from the anointing of the house, amen, from the blessing of the house, and you try and promote yourself, then you become a thorn in the body of Christ. But we all have the same opportunity. Amen. So don't dry up in the house. Amen. Don't become a thorn in pastor's side or the leader's side. Just stay a servant. Because Jesus said, if you're going to be the greatest, you got to learn to be the least. Amen. This, two Sundays ago, I'm in the men's bathroom picking up trash and cleaning around the urinals. And I, I, I told pastor, I said, look, you need to put a target in that urinal because these brothers don't have no aim whatsoever. I mean, just Jesus. I mean, there's three of them. Pick one. You got to go in between. Put a target or something, amen. With a little thing that goes up as you hit it. Ding, ding, ding. Give you a prize. Just thinking out loud. Amen. <laughs> Make it a blessing. Even get a cigar or something. I don't know. Amen. Now God spoke to Moses to go to the promised land flowing with milk and honey. God spoke to Moses to go to the promised land I mean, flowing with milk and honey. The Old Testament, it's a type, it's a shadow, it's a metaphor, it's a schoolmaster. Amen. That's why if you can find it in the new, you should better find it in the old. Because whatever God, amen, God's will is and God's word is for eternity, he always says it twice. You can always find a mate to it. That's why when Jesus was speaking, most of the stuff he was saying was the word in the Old Testament. Amen. He was confirming what God said then is going to move into now, but now it's going to move from the, from the law into the grace realm. Amen. That's how it works. And so the earth, nature, would allow people in the Old Testament to know if they was in God's will or not. And they were there traveling, and, and they had famine. 
The first thing they did was get the, the bulls and the goats and the lambs and the doves, and, and they put a sacrifice unto God because they said somebody sinned or we're out of alignment with God's will. Something's wrong. Amen. Nature is telling me we are in a bad place. Amen. There's nothing to eat. Amen. Our, 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 our goats are not having babies. Amen. Properly. They're all spotted and all these things. And it, they looked at nature to see the will of God. They looked at nature to see if they were pleasing God or they were not pleasing God. Amen. Creation will talk to you. Amen. God makes everything in alignment with himself. And whenever you get out of alignment with God, creation begins to speak. Isn't that amazing? Amen. Amazing, man. And I started this, I tell you, it took me three or three or four years to get this thing together. I want to really tie it and get it right. Amen. A famine will let you know what's going on. Uh, God called Jonah, amen, to go, amen, to preach to Nineveh. And, and when, I always wonder why didn't Jonah go preach to Nineveh? Because Nineveh well, was a tribe that was the enemy of Jonah's tribe. So God said, go send the word. I'm going to send revival. I'm going to use you to go send revival to your enemy. That would be a tough pill to swallow. And Jonah's like, nope. <laughs> I'm going the opposite direction. Now, Jonah gets on this boat. And boats or ships, they have to keep a log. Even back then, they had logs. And I studied and studied and studied. And it took me a long time. But I found something close to that era. And, and there was never, this boat had never recorded being in a storm until Jonah got on the boat. One person out of God's will gets in your life and can send you storms that you've never had before. He's not back here, too. That's why I, I'm, I love all y'all. You know, whatever. We shake hands. Bless you. I pray for you. Whatever. But you, not everybody getting on my boat. Not everybody coming to my house. That's my little piece of heaven. Amen. 1056 Philadelphia Road in DeVille, Louisiana. That's my little piece of heaven there. Amen. If you're not invited, don't show up. I have a sign. I mean, we have some gates you got to go through. I have a big sign that says, trespassers will be shot. Survivors will be shot again. Because <laughs> if I'm the only witness, I'm innocent. <laughs> That's no problem with me, amen. Because you got to be careful who you let get in your circle. You got to be careful who you share with. Mm. Especially when you're talking to somebody at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Come on now. I mean, you got to be careful who you allow on your Facebook page or whatever. I told y'all last time, that muscle didn't happen by accident right there, amen. I blocked I, I block three or four yesterday. I didn't do it yet today. I'm going to do it tonight. Amen. Every day I practice. <clears throat> amen. You may know him. No, I don't. Bam, 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 bam. you got to be careful who gets in your circle. Amen. Because one person out of God's will will bring their storm into your life. Amen. And the people on the boat gave everything, threw everything they had overboard, and it wasn't even their storm. And the person who was out of God's will was asleep. It's amazing how people let you give all your stuff and they don't invest nothing. Friendships is a two-way. I tell people, you got to send on your phone just like I have a send on my phone. Amen. If I'm the only one sending, I'm sending to the wrong person. I want to find somebody who cares about me too and checks up on me too and my family Two, amen. If I got to call you all the time, that's too much for me. It's one-sided. Block. Done. Finish over the end. Amen. You'll get, you won't even get my voicemail. <laughs> Watch who gets in your boat. Watch who gets in your life. Amen. And the more you're trying to help people out of God's will, the more it costs you your stuff. And whenever your storm comes, you don't have any provision to make it through because you didn't gave it all up for somebody else. You're welcome. 
especially if you're a minister. Oh, God, amen. It's amazing how when you don't have nobody, nobody has a word for your church. But as soon as you get some numbers and some people and do all the work, now everybody, oh, come under my covering. No, no, brother, I've been covered just fine. Amen, I got me a goose down to the house. Amen, I am covered. <laughs> I am covered. Amen, they want you to be in their network and be in their thing. All this. Well, where were you whenever we didn't have a building? Where were you when we didn't have nothing? What happened? Where was that word then? Amen. Did God not say nothing about it? Because we really, really needed the word then. We need some finances then. We need some help then. But nobody wants to help you get going. But once you get going and things are going good, all of a sudden everybody wants to jump on your boat, got a word for you. Now you my friend. No, 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 no. Where were you when I was riding the bike? Now I'm, I'm driving, amen, the Z71 Silverado fully loaded. Amen. Got my bass thumping. Come on now. Amen. Not, not real loud. Like, you get older, it gets aggravating. But I still got a little bounce in my back. You know, a little, little bump going. Amen. Now everybody, <laughs> your anointing will draw people to you that don't need to be in your life. Be careful who you let in your life. Be careful who you let around your family. Come on now. Be careful who you let in your ministry. I mean, in my church, you got to sit down for six months. I want to make sure you got the vision of the house, heart of the house, will of the house, and make sure God sent you here. Amen. You put people in leadership too quick, and they get people attached to them, and then you got to pull them out of leadership, and then you got a bigger hole than what you started with. And then whenever I put people in leadership, it's on a 90-day trial period. Then we're going to come back in 90 days and reevaluate. It leaves my back door open to get you out of the position. If you're not, I'm just saying, y'all, y'all, oh, y'all love me, but you wouldn't want me to be your pastor. I'm going to tell you that right now. So I'm like, pray for the people that's coming, baby. Pray for the people that's coming, Jesus. Amen. You got to watch who's in your boat. Amen. In Genesis 42, now we see that, that God called, amen, God's people, amen, had to go to Egypt because Egypt had the, the blessing, had the grain, had the provision. You know, you know the story about Joseph and, and, and all this stuff and Pharaoh and Joseph, Joseph became second in command and Joseph was in charge of all the grain. You know, the brother with many colors, coats, and they got ripped off of him. And I can go through the whole story. But Joseph, amen, was in charge in Genesis 42. And now we see, amen, that the people of God had to come, amen, to the, the enemy, Egypt, the Egyptians, amen, to get the provision they needed because of the famine that happened in the land. And, and God will use a lot of things to bless you. But this is the problem here. They stayed too long. They depended on Egypt too long and forgot that God was their provider. Amen. That's why God will change the way he blesses you or, or takes care of you because he didn't want you to worship something, amen, too long. And whenever they stayed there too long, they became enslaved to the blessing because they depended on it too long. Amen. And now they couldn't get out of Egypt because Egypt enslaved them. Mm. Whenever people bless us financially, I thank them, but I praise God. Amen. Amen. When I had the big 2,000-member church, I had a, a guy back then, he was worth like 200-something million dollars, and that was a lot of money back then. And he came to my church, and he had a checkbook sticking out of his, his pocket, and he already filled out a check for $150,000, and we needed to finish the youth center, and we needed $150,000 to get it done. And he said, you know what, brother, I'm, and he was going to another church, and, uh, and he said, I'm going to go there on, on, on Wednesday or Sunday and come to your church midweek, you know, because I'm, I'm too blessed for one church. You know, so I knew right there I wasn't getting the money. But anyway, 
And uh, he said, all I want is a, 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 um, the two seats in the front, one for me and one for my wife that's reserved because we go to church a little late, you know, because, you know, we get up late on Sundays because our rest day. And, and we need two parking spots, you know, one for me and one for my wife, you know, reserved in the front so we ain't got to walk that far in case it's raining, you know. And, uh, and I got this 150000 that, you know, I know God's going to want me to sow into your ministry and da-da-da-da. And I knew right then the money's fit to leave with the brother, you know. I said, brother, the only person that has a reserved spot in this ministry is the Holy Spirit and Jesus. I said, that's the only people that are guaranteed a spot, guaranteed a seat, guaranteed to do whatever they want to do. You know, I said, look, I love you. Praise God for you. Thank God you're blessed. But if you're trying to use your money to manipulate me, I'm the wrong one. And you go to the pastor down the road, and he'll give you five parking spots. He'll let you have the whole parking lot. (laughs) Or whatever you want. I said, but we don't do that here. Amen. Because God is my source. Amen. I'll never be enslaved to anybody because God is my source. So if you do something, do it because you love God and do it because you want to be a blessing and don't want somebody to recognize you in the church and put your name in the bulletin and pat you on the back and all the people get on my nerves, amen, with all that stuff. Let me move on. Let me just move on, amen. It got tight right there. I felt a little tension in there, amen. <laughs> he always wanted to be their source. The last plague, amen, that God sent to let God's people go to Pharaoh was God took the firstborn of Pharaoh. Pharaoh means raw, it means life giver, life taker, amen, eternal one, all this lies that the enemy told these people it was because they were in charge. And so his son was to be the next one that, that had the power of eternity, the power to take life, give life. So in, in Pharaoh's time, the, the, son was, the, the elder son was very important. So God took the elder son, and Pharaoh got so upset, amen, that he cursed himself. I've learned if you really follow God, amen, the enemy will curse himself. Pharaoh told Moses, the next time you see me, you will die. He prophesied his own destruction. Then we see, amen, that, you know, God's people get released. Moses is leading them the wrong way, of course. <laughs> All the women are like, Mo, we're supposed to turn right. I know we're supposed to. And Moses is like, I'm following the Lord, amen. Oh, here we go, Mo. You know, millions of people, amen, are, are like shaking their head, following Moses, like, oh, my God. You know, and <laughs> now they get to the edge of the Red Sea, and all these millions of, millions, millions of people, amen, see Pharaoh, and not just Pharaoh, but his killing squad, his butcher squad. Now, these guys were special forces back in that day, and they killed everything in a heartbeat, the animals, the baby, they, they slaughtered everything, amen, and burned everything. That was their job, to totally go into a city and destroy a city. So these people were panicking. Because millions of people with no weapons, and here comes an army fully weaponized, fixing to kill them. And millions of people are screaming at Moses. Pharaoh's coming with his army and his chariots, and we're fitting to die. We told you to take a right. But no, you following God. Amen. You know, and thank God Moses remembered, amen, who he was in alignment with. And how the enemy had already cursed himself. Because as long as Moses kept his eyes, the staff, at the top of the staff, they had colors. Moses, I think, was just red, some like of the blood, because he was in covenant with God. Amen. If you was in covenant with other tribes, amen, you had other colors of other tribes. And then your enemy would come by your camp at night, and they'd look at your staff. And, and now most of the Indians were with the feathers where I live. They had them totem poles, amen, with all these things. And they could come and just look at your pole or look at your staff. And they knew if they fought you, they'd have to fight all these other tribes that you was in covenant with. 
But the only tribe that Moses was in covenant with was the tribe of God. I mean, he was a, a son of God. He was following God. So he had red on his, the top of his staff. So Moses kept his eyes on his staff. And Moses told the people this. He said, the, mo, the Pharaoh you see, you shall see no more. Moses got the revelation. As long as I keep my eyes on my alignment with God, as long as I keep my eyes who I'm in covenant with. Come on now. Because he said, if I look at him, I'm going to die. So if I don't look at him, I keep looking at God and looking at God's promise and looking at the prophetic word of my life and looking, amen, at the covenant of the God I'm with. Get your eyes off of your trouble and put your eyes back on your God and your trouble has to go. Hey. The Bible said even when temptation comes, God said, I've already made a way. Already. So the temptation wasn't there first. The way was there. But we put our eyes on temptation, and we don't see a way out. Amen. Then we get destroyed. And Moses said, the, the, the Pharaoh you see, man. He said, I, I'm never going to look at him again. I'm never going to see him again. And then all of a sudden, creation sees. Hey. What Moses sees. Because God gave man power over creation. Come on now. But creation's in alignment with God. So now creation's looking to see what Moses is going to do. And creation sees Moses keeps his eyes on the covenant he has with God. So now creation has to work for him. It can't work against him. Because he's in alignment with the God, and they have a special relationship with their creator. Now the wind begins to blow. The waters begin to part. Dry land. Millions of people cross this thing. Amen. Now the Pharaoh and his army tries to do the same thing. But creation sees they're not in alignment with the creator. So creation says we ain't got to help him. We can destroy him. When you stay in alignment with God, creation will do the fighting for you. Amen. God has many ways to defeat your enemy. But you got to stay focused. Stay focused on who you're in covenant with. Mm. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah. I'm going to drink to that. I drink a lot. I got a designated driver. I got two of them on this trip. They're both driving Audi. Amen. We're blessed, man. We're blessed over here. Whew. Jesus was tempted by the devil. First time he was tempted was by the word. Did God really say? The devil tried to tempt him out of God's word to get him to do something that God didn't say. So Jesus always responded with the word to stay in the word. Amen. No matter what happens, always go back to the word and make sure the word of God is in alignment with your decision. Because if the word of God is in alignment, then something's trying to get you out of alignment with God's word. Amen. The only heaven and earth going to pass, but the word's going to stand. The word is a sure foundation. The word is always right. Amen. I love it when people say, you know, oh, I know you, your wife's the boss of your house. And my wife immediately said, no, no, Jesus is the boss of my house. Jesus is the head of our house. Amen. Jesus is the head of our marriage. Jesus is the boss of everything. Amen. That way I don't have to be right or wrong. We just find out what does he say. Amen. And that's always right. We get in the word before we make any decision. We come in agreement. Because let Jesus be your boss. All right. Y'all getting tight. Get right. Amen. <laughs> so the enemy tried to get him out of alignment with the word first. Well, that didn't work because Jesus is the word. Now we see in the garden right before the crucifixion. Jesus' flesh knew we fitting to get a lot of pain. <laughs> He's going to do this. And God wants blood for the atonement of man. The flesh knew. Amen. 
what was fixing to happen. Because Jesus was the word wrapped in flesh. So the flesh knew because it had the word. So that's why the flesh produced blood with sweat. The flesh was trying to get him what he wanted without going through what it was going to take to get it. Your flesh never wants to go through the trial and the test and the suffering or whatever. So it, it'll kind of manipulate you, amen, to get you around it, get you through it, get you over it. And so his flesh was trying to get him out of God's will. The enemy tries to get you out of God's word. Your flesh tries to get you out of God's will. So the flesh said, if all you need is blood, here it is. That's why Jesus said, not my will. Oh, come on, man. But your will be done. If you're going to be a Christian and you're going to walk with God in God's word and God's will, you're going to have some scars. The more scars I have, the more I look like Jesus. Amen. The more scars I have, they're a badge of honor for me. Don't gossip about nobody. Gossip about me. Give everybody else a break and give me some free advertisement. Amen. So the more that people come against me, amen, the more I just thank God. Another scar. Thank you, Father. When something happens, another scar. Another. I want every time you go through something, God's getting you to look more like Jesus. But you got to stay in His will. You have to stay in His Word. Don't let nothing that happens to this flesh, amen, get you out of the will of God for your life. Because if you stay in God's will, then this too shall pass, and this too shall give Him glory, and all things begin to work together for my good. All things. Creation works for me. The birds work for me. Amen. Nature works for me. My spirit, everything starts working for me and not against me. Hey, you know, when I went through that, that heart issue and, and God told me, to, you know, to fast, I drink a protein drink every four hours. 30 grams of protein and drink water in between. Amen. You know, you really find out. You really want to see how strong your flesh is. Do a little fasting. It don't take long. I got headaches. Whoo, my God. That's a bad headache. I got dizzy. I, I got to eat. I'm going to pass out. Amen. Thought I was dying. I mean, you know, that first week is hell on earth. Second week, amen. The whole month, I didn't lose one pound. Seen no results. I told God, I'm not going to quit fasting until you heal me. Because some things, some things come by fasting and prayer. Some things you, you, don't, you don't need somebody else to do. Some things you don't need God to do. Some things you need to do to show God I'm serious. God knows how to wait. God waited two months and two weeks to the day before he healed me. Because he knew I wasn't going to stop until something happened. I wasn't going to stop until something happened. Amen. Yeah, people prayed for me, all that. Thank you. Amen. But I said, God, this is a personal thing between me and you. I need to see how strong my flesh is. And you're going to find out how strong your flesh is whenever you deny the flesh or whenever you crucify your flesh. That's the only reason God wants you to crucify your flesh is to let you know who's in control, your spirit man or your flesh man. Amen. That's why I love revelation. Revelation feeds my spirit. Situation preaching feeds your flesh. Five steps, ten steps, you know, it's a motivational speech. And the more you, you get this flesh fed, the more the flesh is in control because it's strong and your spirit is weak. Amen. And the more you get revelation of the word of God, the more it feeds your spirit. Amen. And it won't let your flesh get in a situation because you've been fed revelation. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Uh. Oh, let's move on. Whew. That's why whenever you can speak to the mountain, 
It has to be removed, amen? Because if you don't speak to your mountain and get it out your way, every morning when you wake up, your mountain speaks to you. Uh, whenever creation works for you, now we have the power to bind on earth, and it's bound in heaven. Loose on earth, and it's loose in heaven. Whenever you stay in the word, and you stay in the will, whenever you stay in alignment with God, my relationship with God is the most important thing in my life, besides my relationship with my wife. Are you supposed to put God first? No, no, God will never get between me and my wife. Sorry. Matter of fact, he took two of us and made one. That's how close he wants us to be. He's the third cord that ties us together. Amen. And how I treat my wife, according to the Bible, determines how I'm treating God. Anyway, take it like you want it. It helps me. The power is in alignment. Mm. Yeah, let me share this. Jesus was going to the cross. They took some thorns, put it on. They could have used anything for a crown. They used thorns. That wasn't the word of God because whenever creation fell, amen, it produced thorns. So now creation is fixing to be redeemed. And God wasn't going to let, let uh, creation out of the redemption part. So the first thing that touched the blood was creation. Amen. So creation was redeemed on the cross too. That's why you can speak to things. And God used me years ago in Pretoria, one of the greatest miracles we have on video. It's, I think it's on a, a Facebook page, Facebook ministry page or whatever. Amen. That Pretoria is going through a five-year drought or something. The roads are splitting. The dam was drying up. Cows were dying. It was a big, bad problem back then. I didn't know. I flew in, and they're telling me this stuff about the drought. I mean, something's got to happen. Catastrophe is fixing to go on. It's very, very serious. And as soon as they're telling me this, I'm in front of about like five or six pastors. We're eating, <clears throat> eating lunch together. God tells me, tonight when they give you the microphone, it's going to rain. The drought's over. Tell them that. I said, well, they're all prophets. You, you can tell them that yourself. I mean, put that pressure on a brother. You know, I just got here. I'm jet lagged. I'm tired. And he's like, tell him now. So, when he, you know, he tells me twice, like, barely, barely, I listen. So I got up and I told him, Pastor, I said, look, tonight, God just told me that tonight when you hand me the microphone, it's going to rain, the drought's over. And so they didn't, they didn't blink an eye. They got on Facebook Live and said it again. And they recorded everything, put it all over. We got their churches full of people, man, packed. This thing is crazy. You know, we, the, the front of the church was glass on second stories. I had a church. The second story is all glass. And uh, so uh, the praise and worship leader said, I went ahead and, and cut out two songs. So we get you the microphone. We want some rain. I'm like, no pressure, my brother. No pressure. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, so I had a guy. At that time, there was a guy with me. And uh, he went to uh, Bible school. So I went to um, college for editing and filming. And he was filming just to, make, to see if prophecy was real and if I was a real prophet. He was there with the camera. So I'm thinking, oh, yeah, no, no pressure here, you know. And so as soon as they handed me the microphone, lightning struck outside with no clouds. And instantly rain hit the place. That was the greatest sermon I ever preached. All I did was get on my knees, play chaos, anointed chaos. I mean, people were getting saved, people were getting healed, people were running outside and they're dancing in the rain. I mean, we, we, we could have never got order back in the service if we tried to, amen. And I didn't want to mess up what God was doing. Whenever you understand nature has to obey, amen, because you're in alignment with God and nature was redeemed so we can speak to it. Mm. Oh, this is good. Now, you can go through all the suffering. You can go through all the scars. But one thing Jesus had to do, or he did everything for nothing, and, and pastor's been hitting on it, Jesus had 
to forgive. If he'd have hung there and hung there, he'd still be hanging there. But because he said, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. Amen. The greatest thing you could ever do in your life is learn how to be a forgiver. Never hold it against them again. Don't put yourself back in the situation. Amen. To get hurt again. But just forgive them. Because the only person it's affecting is you. They're living their life. They're doing their thing. And you're still battling. And I don't see people for like five or six years. And then I meet them again. And they still complaining about the stuff they were complaining about five or six years ago. This, they hurt me in the church. This one hurt me in the church. They did this. That, you know, they, they haven't been healed yet. The only way for you to get healed is for you to forgive. And refuse to talk about it ever again. The only way gossip can live is if you keep paying attention. Amen. You got to learn how to kill it. Let it stop here. Now, Nehemiah had an amazing job. His job was he sat next to the king. And everybody was trying to poison the king so they could, become, they could take over the kingdom. So Nehemiah's job was they gave him the cup full of the wine for the king. He took a, a big gulp of it and they watched him for about an hour. And if it was poison, he would die. He had job security. <laughs> Nobody wanted his job because he knew everybody is trying to kill the king. So he's probably smelling the wine. That's probably where the smell of the wine came from. <laughs> no, I don't know about this one, amen. And before the king ate, amen, he was there eating. Nehemiah was eating, amen. He ate the best food, drank the best wine, but he could have died at any moment. He was the filter to get the poison first. So the kingdom could be strong. If you're going to be a leader in the house of God, a real leader in the house of God is going to be the filter. It's going to take all the dirt, the dust, the junk before it gets to the pastor. <clears throat> Amen. You got to stand in the gap for the men and women of God. And don't let them be the ones to figure everything out and do everything. No, a real leader sees a problem and comes up with five solutions. <clears throat> I tell my leaders, if you don't have no solution, keep praying. I don't want to know until you figure out a solution to the problem. Then we can discuss it. Amen? That's the job of the leadership in the church, to filter things. Not everything has to be talked to them. Not everything has to be go to them. They don't have about every problem. Amen? No, no. You deal with it. It's dealt with and move on. You're a leader. Lead. Be in the front. That's why I always pray for the praise and worship team. I would not be on the praise and worship team in the Old Testament. No. Mm -mm, mm -mm. I'd have broke my flute or my whatever I was playing. Amen. Every time they face the enemy, what they do? Get the praise and worship team. I mean, out there the guitar is going. What are we fitting to do out here? I mean, what in the world? Where's the soldiers at? Then we have some soldiers with some spears or something, a bow and arrow, a rock. I mean, where's David at with the rock? You get brother David. No, no. We here we are. And then he says, sing a joyful noise. I, I, uh, he don't see the army in front of us. I mean, you know, I mean, sometimes God don't make no sense at all, like at all. Like, I'm like, God, what do you see? I don't see. I don't, this don't make no sense. You know, all the soldiers in the back going, whoo, cleaning their swords and stuff. The most, the most shiny piece of army you've ever seen in your life. Never had a dent. Never killed nothing, amen, never, mm -mm. we just join. We get a check, good retirement. We don't fight. We have a praise and worship team for that. 
I mean? Make no sense, does it? Amen. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> you know, being a sniper and everything I did, I, they always dropped me behind enemy lines and had to get in places, you know, and wait for the army to come. You know what I'm thinking? I don't, I don't feel comfortable right now. <laughs> That's why there wasn't a whole lot of volunteers for the stuff we did. Amen. You want to go? No, I'm not going. How far? No, 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 no. Got to carry 180 pounds, 30 miles up these hills in the desert and hide. No, no, no. no. Amen. Because sand gets everywhere. Everywhere. And it has friction. And it don't take about 20 steps. And everything's raw and blistered. Just saying, amen. I'm just saying. <laughs> so there wasn't a whole lot of volunteers, amen. We had a senator's son one time wanted to get a combat patch. And so they, <laughs> they put this senator's son with us to get a combat patch on one mission. I said, brother, you have one job. Stay in this corner. Do not get out the corner. This is your job. Stay in. You can put your face in the corner. You, you ain't got to see what's going on because he ain't never fired a weapon before. Just, you just one little, about to fly out of here. You can get your little patch. Go home and tell all your war stories about how you killed whatever. Amen, whatever. But stay here in the, because this corner. So the sniper only had a certain, amen, zone he could hit him. So everything was good. But this nosy brother, when everything hits the fan, and I can't help you now because I'm trying to help me. Amen. I want to put more leg on that way than coming this way. I feel more comfortable about it. Amen. And so we start to all of a sudden hear him scream. He peeks around the corner and his leg come out. And that sniper hit him. Amen. And knocked, knocked all the stuff off his leg and knocked the big old muscle out, tendons everywhere. He's screaming. I'm like, I'm like I told you to stay in the corner. I kicked him in his leg. So now I got to carry this brother who didn't exercise, no PT program, overweight, out of shape, <sighs> 22 miles to carry this crippled idiot. whole time I'm kicking him in the rear. Get, you better go. You better. <laughs> he started out, shoot my rifle. He, mean, ah, he took off running again. You better, better hobble or something. Get where you got to go, brother. Eesh. When you stay in alignment with God, he protects you. Amen. When you stay in alignment with God, Amen. He just makes things work together. You, you have a peace that passes understanding. You know, a lot of people are telling my wife and I, you're selling everything at 54 and going to start a whole new life because God said go start a church with no, nothing. Amen. That, that, that's, that's what you're doing. When you're in alignment with God, it makes total sense. When you're in alignment with God, it doesn't have to make any sense. I just have to be obedient to whatever God told me to do because I've never learned how to tell God no. Amen. I never learned how not to follow the voice of God. It's got me where I am. It's going to get me to greater things and greater things and greater things. The most important thing is stay in alignment with the word and stay in alignment with God's will. And watch who gets in your boat. Well, I trust that message blessed you. Please feel free to contact us for any prayer requests or feedback. We would love to connect with you. You can follow the Word Church Kimberly on any social media platform and become a part of our online community. Be blessed.